Thank you for listening to Digress of Obscenity. Follow us on Twitter at Digress underscore Obscene. And rate and review us on iTunes. I've come to steal your arms and legs, John Robert Patrick Boyer. Digressive. Obscenity. Shit, what was I talking about? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Digressive Obscenity, or Screaming Numbers, the podcast. My guest today is John Robert Pat... I'm not done. Robert. I'm still not... John. I'm... John. So many of them. John. Hey, no, just just let me do this. John. Robert. Patrick. Boyer. Uh, yes. The anticipation. It's it's really <laughs> I mean it's impressive. It's it's a very it's a very in-depth name. So let's start this off in the correct form. Uh John, I'm just gonna call you John from now on, not John Robert Patrick. Uh John, who are you and what do you do? Tell me about you. Well, I am a human being of the Milky Way galaxy, uh, but I am a, a graphics programmer for Rockstar at the moment. Um, basically, I make uh, make things look pretty and run faster for for games. It's a very technical position that's difficult to explain to to most, I guess. Yes, we're going to get into that that difficult, <laughs> awkward discussion soon, I, I promise. And specifically about making things look better and run faster. But yes, yeah, so let's begin with the questions segment. Questions. Stop asking me questions. What is your first memory of me? First memory? Oh, I remember this. Uh, so, at Lake Highland. Mm-hmm. I was entering into the the auditorium. You were standing on the stage, just coming off of the stage, and I was entering through the side doors. And at the time, I was exceptionally short. You know, I'm average height person now, but I was barely five feet. Mm -hmm. And you were, you know, are towering, but you were also at an elevated height. And so, like, I had to look up at, like, a 60-degree angle to even see you. It was very confusing. Excellent. <laughs> Optical illusions are, are still my trade as well. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite moment or episode of The Simpsons? Okay, I remember there was this one episode where Mr. Burns was on some sort of medication, it turned out, but they thought it was a, a ghost or something that was in the forest. He the was episode, on- yeah, the episode that had uh, the, some of the X-Files folks on it, absolutely. Yeah, that one was unbelievable. It was so funny. What are you listening to at the moment? A number of very odd and esoteric things. Okay. (laughs) I've been, let's see, recently I've been scouring Spotify for just like odd steampunk related music. So things like Professor Elemental, uh, uh, the men that shall not be blamed for nothing or something like that. Uh, uh, Dr. Steele. Um, earlier this year, though, I went on a, a kick. I had uh, never really listened to Beck before earlier this year. Oh, wow. And Yeah, and I, I had absolutely no idea what I was missing out on. All I really knew was, you know, Loser and where it's at. Sure. And that was a far more limited uh, vision of 
his you know catalog, then you know I had no idea. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. Yeah, catching all up on that, and you know, with my geek mentality, I, I dive headlong into whatever I'm interested in and become utterly obsessed with it. So went through a few months basically only listening to Beck. He has <laughs> he has this amazing ability to just not ever sound like the same thing twice sometimes. Yeah, but it's still like consistent throughout the album and it's unmistakably his style and Absolutely. that's such a nebulous thing to pin down, you know, exactly what it is that makes his style unique when it's all so different from itself. Absolutely. What what is Beck? Yeah, right. That's excellent. I'm uh, I'm always a huge supporter of Beck. Did you actually Oh, you may have missed it. I think he just had a couple shows out there recently. Uh, yeah, I probably did miss them. Yeah, haven't been to shows too often recently. Gotcha. If you ever can catch him, like he's still uh, I recently saw him in um in Central Park. I thought he was kind of maturing past some of the stuff like Midnight Vultures, which I think I think I'm ready to admit is my favorite Beck album, and he kind of towards the end closed with like Sex Laws, and then right into Deborah, which <laughs> might nice. be my all-time favorite Beck song. Um, but he still has it. He's still the he's still the second funkiest white man alive. Yeah, I, I loved uh, Morning Phase album. That was really good. Like kind of I'd play that one while chilling out at the beach. Absolutely. You know, it's perfect for that kind of stuff but my favorite album all over is definitely mutations yeah there's a lot of stuff on that yeah yeah fantastic front to back it's got such an interesting like blend of you know blues and you know folk type stuff and really insane imagery like the pictures he paints with words and that is bizarre and frightening absolutely (laughs) yeah amazing okay what are you reading at the moment i've got a few different books uh my nerdy side has compelled me to start reading through some uh magic the gathering backstory books because they they made backstory to the to the oh, magic the gathering card game wow enormous amount i mean the game is still going like 20 oh, sure. years strong and yeah they've just been like piling on you know story after story and it's you know, its whole own universe now. That's great. It was really, like, scattered when it first came out. It, they just were, like, putting out cards to put out cards yeah. and then worrying about plot later. And now it's really tied together. But I'm reading old plot stuff. They kind of, I guess, retroactively <laughs> added a plot, you know, sure. to, the, to the old sets to tie it together. That's really um, cool. Yeah, I never, I never got into it. I sat down with some friends and they tried to kind of lay it out for me, but I don't know. That never really, that never really clicked with me. Yeah, the the story is. I, I wouldn't be interested in it if I weren't like really into the game. Sure. You know, it's it's on its own, not that amazing. Except the book, The Thran, was really good. Uh, it was like a pre prequel, <laughs> I guess. Wow. You know, thousands of years before, da da da. Sure. Uh, I'm generally though, I, I'm usually reading things that fall into sci-fi, fantasy, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, very, uh, you know, just geek-oriented stuff. Absolutely, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. You know, and you know, I guess uh, I can define it by um, 
like my definition of, of what a, a geek really is mm-hmm. is probably much broader than most people's. Um, because I think that it, it's not so much the actual uh, content, but it's how much you get into it. Being a geek is about being really focused and extremely dedicated to something very narrow. Yeah. And, you know, so like, you know, people don't consider, well, didn't really consider, you know, sports to be a geeky thing. I love watching sports all the time, but in a geeky way, you know, like I, I really get into, you know, like how the teams operate and what types of plays they do. And, you know, it's being a geek is just really about focus, you know? Sure, yeah. And, so coming back around, uh, things that are generally considered geeky, like science fiction and fantasy, they're geeky because they're the kind of thing that you can get really into. Not all subjects have you know that kind of depth, but when you're writing pure fiction like that, you can just keep on fleshing and going deeper and deeper. And, and yeah, so like I think it's a result of it, but not like the basis for geekiness. Sure, absolutely, and there, I feel like in 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 things that are you know more sci-fi, you have a chance to branch off into different media rather than you yeah. know this is football; it's going to be on every day. You watch it, you know. Yeah, like you exactly. can have a comic, you can have the video game, you can have uh, eventually the movie, you can have the you know the TV series, and integrate everything. And you're starting to see uh, society is becoming you know much more accepting of that kind of behavior because you know it's kind of that type of focus is starting to permeate other things. See all the, the fantasy football geeks out sure. there. You know, I don't really play fantasy football, but that is D and D. Exactly. Like you're, you're crunching numbers and, you know, drafting out things and sitting around, you know, at a table and like, you know, you know, like talking about the different characters and stuff. Like you're that 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 is role playing game right there. Yeah. The only thing that kind of keeps me away from fantasy football is that at no point is it like okay, well, I'm going to have my, my quarterback pull out a, a, a magic simtar and, and cut your running back's <laughs> legs off. See, that is what, that would get me into it if it were like <laughs> these football players who are making millions of dollars and, you know, abusing their wives and abusing animals and drugs. But mm-hmm. if they had like, uh, I don't know, some sort of a, a gauntlet with <laughs> green energy on it that would do something like that would push it over the edge for yeah. me and make it interesting. Special. Yeah. I, I'm just saying again, like don't, <laughs> don't change the whole game just for me for one watcher, but I don't know. Uh, what are you watching at the moment? I am watching. She's a number of different series. I've, I've started too many. Haven't finished all of them. Sure. Um, so like I'm a little bit behind on my, my game of Thrones and my walking dead by, by a season on each. Okay. Um, I, I'm like halfway through Death Note right now, which is really great. Uh, what else? I'm working my way through Doctor Who. Uh, there's a lot that's a there. Tangled <laughs> web. Oh yeah, that's that's. Oh god. Yeah, that show is amazing. Thick. So. It is dense. <laughs> yes. Which it's doctor so are you good. on? Or are you like uh, when you say you're working your way through? You mean like starting at the beginning, beginning like 50 years no. ago, or starting at the the Chris Eccleston so stuff? I, I started at the uh, the reboot, um, and yeah. I'm most of the way through the Matt Smith stuff. Okay. Uh, and I have seen the Day of the Doctor movie and like the ending there. But okay, so you're not too doctor far behind. Who, okay, so uh, what are you playing? I, I would like to. I'm, I am just going to make yeah. the assumption you're a gamer. 
Yes, yes, I have an uh, in, immense collection of games. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I have basically everything that ever was of value on the 360. <laughs> nice. Um, let's see here. So, I haven't picked up Destiny yet. That's going to be my next step. Okay. Uh, but I'm just really busy at work at the moment. Sure. Uh, I've been working my way through... Uh, Lost Odyssey, which is taking forever. Jeez, that's a long game. Oh yeah, those are. Wait, is that the one with the like the weird little green guys? No, this one's uh, it's essentially a Final Fantasy game, like okay. you know, regular human-looking characters. Um, but it it is. It's not made by SquareSoft, but it is a Final Fantasy game. Interesting. So at the moment, I'm working my way through that. You know, I'm like always playing Magic. That's just a, a thing. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, constantly, like, bouncing in and out of playing Titanfall. Love okay. playing shooters. And that's one of the best shooters I've seen in a while. Cool. See if uh, Destiny can upend that. And you have, a, you have an Xbox One? Yes. Okay, cool. But you don't, you're not, now you're not a PS3, PS4 person. No, I'd, I'd like to get one. I just don't have one. Uh, I actually have some games for the PS3. I'd never even had a PS3. Hmm. <laughs> well, there's no reason to get a PS4 yet. I mean, I, I got one yeah. kind of on impulse. And, I mean, aside from one or two really kind of like, okay, wow, this is the next generation, um, it's really just kind of sat there, you know? Yeah. Um, so I do use like the uh, Xbox one for there's like the games with gold stuff. So you get cool free games all the time. Yes. Yeah. Like, like recently uh, I was playing through um, Guacamelee was a really awesome game. They, they released for free. I've heard that was yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Metroidvania beat them up with an awesome style. Uh, things like that. Uh, but there hasn't been enough, like really great big titles for the new generation yet. Sure. Which to me is a little bit odd. Just, you know, from a technical standpoint, you do need to, you know, step things up. But the architecture, I think it's easier to program for. Oh. Uh, like a lot easier. And so it's mostly like, you know, there's a lot more demanded out of artists. This, uh, new generation stuff. You okay. know, everything needs to be prettier and more triangles and so forth. Sure. You know? Uh, so, you know, there's, you know, we obviously are doing a huge, you know, tech push, you know, but uh, not every company can afford to make, you know, an awesome, badass proprietary engine. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but the, the major companies that, you know, make you know, licensable engines have already solved, you know, or at least they, they already launch on the next generation. So I think uh, in November, we're probably going to see a whole slew of decently playable games. Excellent. Usually November. I, th I think it's going to be, I mean, I think, I think it's going to be 2015. I think, I, I don't think I'm going to be absolutely jaw dropped until 2015, which is, kind of a bummer but you know I'm willing to wait yeah. for some of this stuff I mean like the the two moments on the PS4 that have actually okay glad I got a PS4 um, was the uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes and the yeah. um, the little uh, thing also by Konami and Kojima uh, the PT if you've heard of that the Silent Hill yeah yeah the little like 
kind of teaser thing. Yes. Yeah. But those, aside from those two things, you know, I, I, what do I even have? I, I played uh, Infamous Second Son, and it part of it, a lot of it looked really, really nice. But the way it kind of felt was, I've been in this room for seven or eight years, and you just put a new coat of paint on the walls. Yeah. But with, with Ground Zeroes and with um, PT, it was like, it, it, this is just a glimpse at what could happen. And it's it's very, very exciting. But it's still like, you know... I don't know. I have high hopes for, for uh, Arkham Knight. I mean, for as much as it's, you know, it, it's only next-gen, which looks looks very, very promising. But I'm still, you know, I'm still nervous. I'm always... things. Next generation for me is it should look better, work faster, and just be bigger. I mean, those are the three things that yeah. I know it's really simple to say that, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it's like you've had a decade to work on it. And it's hard to imagine yeah. that they're not working on the ps4 as soon as the ps3 comes out or the ps5 as soon as the ps4 comes out yeah it's uh i think that the last generation of consoles wound up uh hamstringing a lot of developers just because of how differently architected they Mm -hmm. were right now you can basically write the the same thing for uh, xbox one and ps4 and you know the, the hardware is so similar that you really don't have to write anything that different oh that's great but yeah, no, it's fantastic. Basically, a PC architecture with just unified memory instead of having two chunks of RAM, it's all one chunk. Oh wow! But, okay, so I'm um, hopefully that'll cut down on some of the exclusivity because I feel like vans are the people yeah, that screwed it was over by that. Really bad. So like uh, with the last generation uh, company I was previously working for, we were trying to release on all three major platforms at the same time. So is you know 360, PS3, and Wii. Wow. And those are all just completely different pieces of hardware. Sure. And, and the Wii almost always to, gets fucked over. Oh, God, it was, it was awful. Because the Wii didn't even have shaders, which, when the Wii came out, was already, like, you know, old technology. Yeah. And, like, it was behind the times when it came out. And, which is ballsy. Uh, and they definitely did something different. I mean, I, I, I remember when the Wii was going to be called the Nintendo Revolution. And it really was yeah. a revolution. But just, it's not, it's like they didn't really move forward. They just kind of moved into another dimension. Yeah. It made uh, development, though, extremely difficult trying to work on their, like, weird fixed function pipeline. Mm-hmm. And then the 360s. Uh, architecture actually pretty similar to the the current gen now. Uh, they didn't really need to change; they were doing it right all along. Um, and then uh, the PS3 was also bizarre, like the the cell chip. Yeah. Um, like you had to. So for like regular PC stuff, everything is you know has like an OS that handles all the threading and distributes things amongst all the multi cores, right? Mm-hmm. But with uh, the cell, you had to like write these mini programs and fit the the data into like this specific size chunk and then like ship it over to the cell. It does its thing and then comes back and it was just like such a pain in the ass that I think it was something like. 80% of the games released on PS3 weren't even using all of the, the cell stuff, right? Yeah, so, I keep hearing that. So they that, were you know. really only using, like, maybe, you know, a third of the, the system's power because it was just such a pain in the ass. 
Exactly. Yeah. Is that why sometimes the uh, the first person stuff will look better on a PS3 or an Xbox 360? Oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, for example, things made by uh, Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog. Yeah. 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 I mean, they could you know only release on uh, you know the PlayStation stuff and write their engine only for that, and so everything was like super optimized. They're telling everyone how to do everything all along. Gotcha. But we're like, that will take us forever. Like, I mean. Sure, you know, you've just spent years developing this crap, but you, you expect us to do this overnight? Yeah. You know, I was, the company I was working at for a while, I was the only graphics programmer there. There was no way that solo I would be able to, you know, like harness all that much power, convert all our systems over to this weird way of doing things. Sure. It's dumb, you know, and I think they have learned their lesson, you know, that, uh, the people that they really need to sell to, the reason that the PS3 did not kill the 360 yeah. was because the developers are your real customers. Absolutely. It's not the people who buy the systems. The people who buy the systems buy them for the games. It's the developers that they want to cater to. Yeah. And, you know, you're getting you know, the developers happy and everyone's going to love your console. Absolutely. Yeah. So did you play uh, Last of Us? I've played some of it. I didn't actually have a, a system to play it on, but I, I've played enough to, to get the, the gist of it anyway. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen the, the ending bit, so that's kind of spoiled for me now. But, sure. But, it but was de- it was very... it's definitely an experience. Like, I, I mean, oh, it's yeah. really, it's the best game I've ever seen on a PlayStation 3. Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. Um, okay, I mean, we are definitely going to get back into the video game stuff. This is this is still the introduction, though. People are people are confused <laughs> because they don't know they don't know if you have ever broken a bone. I have broken a bone, actually. Uh, broke my arm once um, when I was very young. I must have been like in before kindergarten or something. I was trying to like climb monkey bars. Sure. After it rained, I didn't get how that worked. That that was a bad idea. Well, you don't learn uh, science until, like, like, first or second grade, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you know, what do you mean it's slippery? You know, it's just... Uh, so I, I wound up twisting the bone in my left arm. <sighs> I used to actually do a lot of stuff with my left arm before then. I think it changed me over to being a righty. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, they had to, like, put some pins in my elbow to straighten out the bone and stuff. So it, it, it actually... Good. Did it break or just twist? Uh, no, it... So it broke the bone and it got twisted in place. Dear God. And so they had to like get it kind of like realigned and so forth. And I think this actually all happened on my, my mother's birthday as well. Nice. <laughs> like, yeah, what a, what a great gift. You know? Well, no, but, but look at it this way. Every, every birthday of hers, when you don't break a bone, is going to be a great birthday for her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And then I've also, it, not breaking bones, but I've... Uh, Managed to acquire a very odd number of black eyes in my life wow. through various means, <laughs> like walking into you know, doors and yeah. So I had one when I was a little kid, and I'd uh, always like run and dive into my bed like Superman type thing, right? I did one as time. Well. I just like took a header right into the pole. Ah. <laughs> that was not good. The you know, pole I had stitches. The pole was it your was kryptonite. Like, yeah, it was uh, bunk beds, and I just like. Totally was not good at diving into that bed. Ouch. <laughs> and uh, let's see here. I had a few different times while playing sports. I had one time where I had a incident. I actually have this, I think it's a pretty cool scar, like, across my eyebrow, uh, like a 
blade uh, cut me is like 13 stitches. It's uh, like the kind of scar that they usually give like badasses uh, in like comic books. To, to prove that they're badasses without yeah, having to say anything. This one was this one was by a pizza cutter. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's a odd incident. Uh, it was like a midnight uh, before Christmas. Uh, and I was making a midnight pizza with my brother, and he's like got the the cutter in his hand, and he's you know gesturing, gesticulating while he talks, you know, and uh, the blade disconnects from the handle. Wow! And flies across the room and hits me like right in the eye. <laughs> that is insane on Christmas yeah. Eve. No, it's it's funny because like you know it hits me and just kind of bonks me, and it doesn't really hurt. You know, it just felt like you know the it wasn't very heavy it wasn't much of an impact sure and so i'm you know like laughing for a second and then my brother tells me it's like i'm, I'm looking at him and then it just like suddenly fillets open because it's like such a, a sharp cut and like sure. just like parts instantly and just like starts like pouring blood nice like, yeah merry christmas though, again mom yeah right was, that gave me two black eyes actually wow yeah it's like a, a raccoon kind of thing because it's like all one big blood pocket and yeah. so like the blood would like wander and I got like two black eyes for that got to wear an eye patch for a while that was sweet nice I think yeah, I right? actually, and I, I think wandering blood might be uh, might be this black metal band from Norway that I heard once <laughs> um, well that's horrifying um, yeah do you collect anything intentionally oh yes I collect many things uh, I had mentioned my my game collection earlier okay um I have a huge uh, bottle cap collection. I really love, well, beer in general, craft beers. Uh, living down in San Diego is a really good place to find good beers. Okay. So uh, I've got, like, this huge bin full of just various beer bottle caps. I don't really intend on doing anything with them, uh, but, you know, it's... More for Fallout reasons than anything else. They, it I'm gonna will be, be like the new the form of currency. Man. <laughs> it's like once that's the currency, I'm going to be the richest man in town. You just have to start building up a collection of MIRVs. This is true. Yeah. This is true. Um, that is, I have to say, like, that is the most... Like, that's kind of the stereotypical thing people go to. Like, little boys collect bottle caps, and you actually yeah. have a bottle cap. That is, it's so, it's so stereotypical that it's novel. <laughs> yeah. It's excellent. Wow. Um, so now I've got, uh, it's, if you've seen, like, the big, uh, you know, mail bins, uh, you know, U.S. Postal to own it. I'm not even sure where I got it from. Certainly but, not the post office. Yeah, but like I've had to like you know put some some barriers on the sides because it's bigger than that thing. It's nice. Got to be like tens of thousands of caps in there now. Tens of okay, so that could get you. I'm pretty could, sure I've drank way too much beer. Or or, or <laughs> Nuka Cola. So I'm trying to think. Tens of yeah. thousands of of bottle caps that would get you your own house and probably the ability to to decorate it. I think. Yeah. And maybe like a stim pack maker. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or a mini nuke launcher. At least. Whatever. Okay, so you're okay, good. So so you're furnished come the apocalypse. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um Robert Hollywood, the vice president of Hollywood, calls you on the phone and he wants one suggestion from you to make the entertainment industry better. 
I think just the the number one thing that entertainment industry needs is new blood. There's far too many people calling the shots repeatedly. Sure. So having some sort of system where you can rotate around people or like constantly uh, get more independent artists exposure. Like crop rotation, but with entertainment. Yeah, exactly. You, you want like all the people who are still inspired you want to be putting the camera in their hands. Sure. You know, and, uh, uh, you know, all the people who have already spent all their creativity and they're now just rehashing tropes. Yeah. You know, maybe they can get the small budget projects. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That would be interesting, actually, to actually see the flip of that, to see Michael Bay with the shoestring budget, to see if he could actually, if he has any worth beyond, you know, let's make it big, big, big explosions, like to see what he would do with nothing. But I'll say this, I have no problem with excessive explosions. Sure. If they're done right, you know, I, I love explosions. Explosions yeah. are awesome. Explosions you know? are and great, yeah. Like often, like in the, the video game world, um, there was a metric a while back I'd use the <laughs> amount, uh, number of particle effects in a game, uh, we, even if they're not useful, will determine how good the game is. There's usually a, a correlation there. I agree. Although I begin, I, I feel like somebody told somebody that, and then they started doing it on purpose. So yeah, it's like for sure. every shaft of light is like fill it with as many fucking particles as you can. Yeah. Now you got you know like I guess the natural extension of that is the you know top-down shooter stuff like Geometry Wars where yeah. it consists entirely of particles. It's just particles, yeah. Or, or, but those yeah. games are super fun still. Exactly, you know? yeah. I mean, it's it's made of particles. Like, there was that game, there was that launch title for PS4, which was basically a, a particle game, uh, Knack. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where it's yeah, like, awesome. so your character is made of polygons. He's just mm -hmm. straight up made of polygons. And then there's uh, also <laughs> Flow, Oh yeah, flow. Also, yeah, another basically just you know simple particles and geometric shapes and yeah, it works. It was an interactive screensaver, but it was it yeah. was the way at the time to be like, this is what you spent your six hundred and fifty dollars on. It's gonna get better. Yeah, it was soothing there. <laughs> it was very soothing, although you could still get eaten by stuff, which is which is a little jarring. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. just don't go too deep. No, absolutely. <laughs> no, uh, the probably the best indie game that I've played in the past year, mm -hmm. uh, well, easily the best that I've played was uh, the Stanley Parable. I don't know if you ah no, I didn't. I didn't one. actually buy it. I watched a playthrough though, and it is it's yes, perfect. It makes it is fun of indie such a games. mind fuck. Yes, it, it is an existential explorer. Yeah, is yeah, what I would yeah. call it. You know, that's like the best way that I can describe the genre. It is its own genre. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And my God, it only takes like a couple hours to do everything in there. Sure. But I thought that it was well worth the money. It was a phenomenal exploration of Stanley. <laughs> yeah, and just everything that games have been telling us to do for the past like three decades. Very much the, the concept of choice was... Yeah. The, revolving idea in there where you know you have the illusion of choice you know lots of decisions to make but are any really meaningful kind yeah. of thing that, awesome I, I like the way that they just kind of stared directly at that whereas I mean even the best games it's like when they put you into a hallway oh the lock is broken sorry ah you need yeah. the key oh the, lo oh the lock on this door is broken too but I have a shotgun why can't yeah. I shoot the door? No, no, lock is bro it's broken. This lock, yeah. it's broken. You so can't go in there. Adamantium That's lock. 
Exactly. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and your gun is suddenly made of noodles. It, that doesn't make, that's yeah. one of those things that, you know, in, in this generation, whatever the eighth or ninth generation of video games, it's like, we haven't gotten to that point yet. Really? Like, especially, mm-hmm. I think, I think it really hit me in games like, like resident evil four, where it's like, I have an infinite ammo rocket launcher, but you're telling yeah. me I need the blue key to open this wooden door. Yeah. I don't know. See, yeah. that's something where at some when we when we get more into the video game stuff, I I mean it's I'd like to just talk about that. But yes, we we are we are slowly moving towards it. Um Okay, right. so that was those were indeed the questions. Now, let us digress. What is the first movie you remember seeing? Probably a Disney movie in the eighties. I I couldn't even yeah I I couldn't even imagine which one it is. <laughs> sure, Disney <laughs> seems to be the running Jungle theme. Book or something. I don't know. That was a that's, solid that's one. About as far back as I can remember, Snow White possibly. Gotcha. Tell me about the last dream you remember. <sighs> last dream. My dreams uh, range from either being way too abstract to actually describe. I mean, okay. I am a programmer, and I deal in the abstract all the time. Sure. So, you know, sometimes it's like I, I'm balancing, uh, you know, ideas and relationships with, you know, metaphorically often, you know, but... Uh, most of the time, it's actually like not even a metaphor. I'm just thinking of like this quantity is greater than that quantity, and therefore that thing triggers, and then this is over here. And it's like not even taking a form, really. <laughs> so when you wake up from um, these dreams, do you at any point uh, wonder that you may actually be some sort of a cybernetic organism? Yeah, that's it's a very real possibility. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> you are in no, the programming biz, and it's like yeah. Um, what is the worst job you have ever had? Worst job? Let's see here. Um, so I, I worked at, well, for money anyway, I worked at a Friendly's once as a server, and I am not a customer service person. There's a reason I'm an engineer. Oh, absolutely. I, I hate and people. I've, I'm like, actually yeah, I'm very just, lucky to be an actor that has never actually worked in the service industry. I fucking yeah. hate people. Yeah. Yeah, because if, if somebody's, you know dumb, then I'll tell them that they're wrong. You yeah. know, I have no problem. I, I'm more interested in things being right than me being nice to somebody. Absolutely. And yeah, that doesn't exactly fly there. And they were asking me to do basically everything. Uh, it was a very weird job. I thought that, you know, server was, you talk to the people, you take their order, you give the order, sure. you bring the food out, and that's about it. Yeah. No, like I had to, you know, like make all the ice cream and, you know, like fill up the soup like isn't that the kitchen's job what the yeah. hell are they doing so actually yeah. wait so going back to the ice cream really quick um i had uh some some folks on the podcast a while ago uh the ladies of mother feather and one of them lizzie karina her worst job ever was working at friendlies yeah. one of the things she mentioned was that they taught their employees to serve their ice cream in a specific way that actually looked like it was giving people more than it was did you have this sort of weird indoctrination? Yeah, they had uh, like specific ways that they wanted everything built, and you had to like memorize how every single type of, you know, ice cream and menu item works, and it was really not worth the effort. 
Wow. I think that job I just like stopped showing up to. I've never done that for like anything, but that one I didn't even like, you know, try. I was just I was done with it. Nice. Your zombie apocalypse escape plan, who would you want with you? Where would you go? Okay. Um so that really depends on the type of zombie. Okay, uh, we're going with typical very... um Romero non-learning, okay. non-remembering zombie. Yeah. Shamblers, so, not sprinters. Lumbering zombies, yeah. uh, and assuming that I have, like, if I have very little time before the outbreak gets serious. You have a week or two. Basically, the way I kind of set it up is, you know, there's some news stories about people attacking people and eating them. And, you know, the, the newscasters mm-hmm. are making jokes about yeah. bath salts, but you've seen the movies, so it's like, okay, I know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, uh,. So if it's a very short-term emergency, I live very close to a marine base. Like, almost, I could run there in a couple hours. Okay. Uh, so, you know, even if, like, all transportation breaks down, I could get, like, onto a fortified marine base. And that's not a bad initial plan. Sure. Um, but that's, like, if, you know, you get the, the fast zombies, the zombies, call them. Oh, uh, yeah. If it's zombies, I'm I'm already just resigned to the fact that that is the end of the world. We're all fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty much done at that point. Um, Regular zombies, though, I'd probably have time to, uh, you know, I have most of my uh, friends and family that I'd want to hook up with are on the East Coast. So I would immediately begin my trek, see if I can get over there before... It becomes too bad. I'd say I'd say you'd have time, you know, to yeah. to get a flight from you know California to New York. Sure. Yeah, or, uh, probably to uh, to Florida. I've got some friends down there who would sure. be part of my uh, killing team, and I think they'd be very useful. I've got uh, see our friend uh, Daniel New, who is uh, a paramedic. And the kind of person who wants to be a hero. Very important of, to have, absolutely. Yes, it is an essential skill set. Sure. You know, um, so that'd be a good guy. I have a, let's see, a friend, uh, Andrew Ammerman, who has such an enormous collection of weapons and things that kill. Excellent. Yes, and he is also obsessed and been preparing for the zombie apocalypse for quite some time. Very good. Um and I'm pretty sure he'd want me on his team because I have a number of skills that would come in handy. I've done, you know, a lot of handyman type stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I know everything about, you know, carpentry, plumbing, et cetera, electric, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'd, I'd be passable in a fight, but much better once, you know, fortifying. Like, I could, you know, rig together a transmitter easy. Nice. Okay, that, that sounds like a pretty <laughs> solid kind of team. Uh, tell me a joke. Well, let's go with something obscene, because this is digressive obscenity. Indeed it is. Fuck yes. All right. Okay. Um, here's one. Uh, so what is the difference between a baby and an apple? Uh, I think I know, because I think I think um, Zach, <laughs> who was on this podcast in the last episode, may have told this exact joke. Oh, did he? Maybe, maybe. Okay. What is the difference, John, between the difference an apple and a baby? Is 
I don't come on my apples before I eat them. <laughs> that is not the same joke. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anytime baby's getting eaten. Certainly obscene. Oh, not just, you know, eaten, but also sexually assaulted. Oh, sure. That's the best thing. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, we have, we have passed our way through the haze of digression. Now it is time to get specific. Let's get specific. Before we get into the rock star stuff, um, what are some of your uh, your favorite games that you know maybe you'll just return to them and break them out once a year and go back and play them? Uh, yeah, there's there's a bunch that I I keep on bouncing back to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had mentioned before the, uh, the Final Fantasy series. I've gone back and played. Uh, through seven and eight a couple different times. Those ones are just, you know, they, they bring me back to, you know, a great place. (laughs) Um, it's, you know, and the, the music has never aged. Still unbelievable. Yeah. They're still waiting to make, Um, fans are still waiting for a, an HD remake of seven, right? Uh, yeah, but I don't think that will happen. And I don't think it's a good thing, honestly. Hmm. Uh, I think that the game is, it will lose a lot of its luster. Part of its charm was, you know, the level of graphics that they were working with. Sure. And, you know, the difference between the, the cutscene and the, like, ten polygon guys that are running around. And, yeah. You know, if you take that away, then I think it would start hitting, like, Uncanny Valley or something, and it just, yeah. like, wouldn't feel right. I think for the its style, it was just right. Okay. Um. I went through a time where I was playing a bunch of the old games on emulator that I had played in the past, the Mega Man's, uh, specifically 2, was like... That was always the absolute staple. Yeah. I, I, I think um, I maybe had been able to beat Flash Man and maybe Leaf Man, but beyond that, I don't think I was ever able to beat anything in that game. Yeah, I games got, used uh, to be so fucking hard. So tough. I, yeah. I got like mostly through the Wily stuff wow. unassisted, but then I uh, wound up, you know, beating it with emulator help. You know, because sure. I I just wasn't going to have fun trying to beat it the old fashioned way. Yeah, thinking back, <laughs> like to when I when I just had you know a Nintendo, which was my first uh, first console. Like I don't I don't think I had a game that I ever actually beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, I never beat Mario Brothers 1 or 2. Um, when I was when I was older, I beat Super Mario Brothers 3 by using the warp whistles yeah. and getting directly to the castle, um, or to Bowser World, whatever it was. But uh, mm-hmm. no, no, no. I beat Double Dragon 2. Ah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Other than that, though... Shit. Yeah, those games were so tough. There's some games where I just couldn't even come close to beating them. It was just, uh, you know, completely pointless. Yeah. Uh, and some that were, I don't even know if they ended. Like, I, is there an end to Bubble Bobble? <laughs> I don't know. How long does I that think... game go on? Is that the one where like, <laughs> it had, like, like level 1, level 2? I feel like that it may have ended at level 99? It might have been. I know I think... that I got to, like, really, really far, you know, uh, but I'm not... I don't think I ever actually hit the end of that one. Sure. Um, so I guess kind of going off of that, have you ever, in recent memory, 
just given up a game, just deserted it. Like, we know what, fuck it. This is either not good enough to stay with or this is too... It's gone past... It's not challenging. It's just annoying. Have you ever just... Have you ever stopped? Oh, again? yeah. Yeah, I've certainly done that. Um, so, let's see here. What's, what's a recent one that I just kind of stopped with? Um, Super Meat Boy was a good game, but it was just too difficult. Yeah, and very twitchy. Yeah. Honestly, I just... I, I'm not uh, as good at platformers as I am other game types. Yeah. I'm much better at... Uh, shooters and strategy games mm-hmm. and you know anything that combine the two is really good yeah uh you know and i love uh, rts's but i'm not good <laughs> yeah i mean i'm 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 not good at video games in general but uh, i still enjoy playing them but i remember hearing something on um i don't know some sort of statistic about some huge number of people don't finish games like yeah, a really big percentage, and that blows my mind. Like, I mean, I'm at a point in my life where, you know, sixty dollars won't make or break me. I mean, it sucks if I spend sixty bucks on a game and it's like, wow, this is a shitty game. But yeah. I, I have the ability to to just jump from game to game to game. But I don't think I've. I think the only game I've ever been like, I am done playing this game was uh, Mass Effect Two. I don't. Uh, that th- yeah. That series was really good. I think Mass Effect One was it had like a lot of tedium, but two and three were unbelievable. Well, I never played uh, one because that was so. That was the thing. I mean, there there's been maybe a handful of games that has made me been like, ah oh, man, I kind of wish I had an Xbox, Xbox three sixty, whatever the case. Um, but mm-hmm. everybody, everybody was going off about Mass Effect, and I, I just yeah. kind of. You know, I took a deep breath, and it's like, you know what? I, I guess I missed out on it. So then, yeah, it's uh, kind of a new Star Wars, in my opinion. Like it's it's really really good. That that's what I kept hearing. So then, when for PS3, it said, okay, we're releasing Mass Effect Two for PS3, and mm-hmm. for for the people who haven't played Mass Effect One, we have uh, like a uh, an animated comic at the beginning that you can make the choices that carry through to Mass Effect Two and Three. So I'm like, okay, cool, let's do it. Yeah. Um, the problem is, you know, I mean, Mass Effect was a long game, and the comic was maybe five minutes, and it's like, hey, you meet this spider queen, uh, do you kill her, yes or no? And it's like, well, uh, yeah, yes, because I don't <laughs> like spiders, so I killed the spider queen. You meet this guy named Rex, do you, do you kill him or not? And it's like, why, why would I kill a guy named... No, I'm not going to kill him. Yeah. And so by the time, you know, in Mass Effect 2, you meet Rex, and it's like they have the big dramatic music, and he turns around, and it's like, hey, like, thanks for not <laughs> killing me. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So it's like, uh, oh, okay, and then, you know... Yeah, it's one of those things where... So Mass Effect 1 was not a bad game at all. Sure. But there was a lot of uh, grindy stuff that they managed to eliminate in 2 and 3. I don't know. I had to mine um, a lot of planets I mean, in 2. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. But it was much more grindy anyway. Oh, God. Because, really? <laughs> yeah, because uh, you spend all this time dropping down on these, these planets instead of, like, mining them from from the sky. Yeah. You drop down, uh, you know, in the Mako, and you're just, like, driving around, and you get to, like, some location... Hit a button, drive around to the world. Hit another button somewhere else, and that's and there was it. nothing on the planet. Just go. No, to this... it was just like it was just terrain, pretty much. Oh my god! There was like nothing to do there, 
you know, and so it's like super tedious doing that stuff. Yeah. But but the the plot was good, and it really built up for two and three, and but although I have to say my my favorite character overall was Morden, and he's a guy that I believe they introduced in. He was a Solarian. It's like the guy with like the they have like the weird head that comes into a pincher kind of looking thing, like two. He was the, type. the doctor type. Yeah, he's a scientist Solarian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where he was like working on a. He was the race that killed the. Um... Yeah, he like helped create the genophage. I think they called yes, it. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I got basically. I think I maybe got three quarters of the way through the game, and I was on one of those levels where I was driving around on a planet. Like mm-hmm. looking, t- I had to like jump over some sort of a volcano, and I just kept, kept falling and kept falling. Yeah. It's like, you know what? I think I'm done with this game. I, I could I see think. some cool stuff about it, but just, it just, it just. I think it was missing the first one. Yeah. So really, it was you know like the decisions that you have to make in them are really based on everything you were doing before, and if you yeah. don't know about the stuff before, then exactly. But yeah, I think that's one of the only ones I ever I ever just deserted because it was I don't know. Um, so actually, so kind of the opposite of that. Uh, when's the last time you were surprised by something truly innovative or actually emergent, not in an ironic way, in a game like something where you were just like, "Wow, well fucking done." So I tend to get that way a lot of times with um, Valve games. Absolutely, uh, yeah. They've like made an industry out of being innovative. Yeah, yeah. They they always do these uh, physics based puzzles, mm-hmm. which generally means that you you wind up having to do like you can come up with a different way of solving a problem that they didn't really anticipate, and so like the fact that you you can come up with novel solutions rather than you know the puzzle that you're trying to solve has one solution and you just have to do the thing. Yeah. You know, and like until you do the thing, you're stuck. Like that's not as fun. Uh, but like with the physics-based stuff, you get to be creative and you're like, all right, I'm going to say, you know, with the portal, like if I put one there and put one there and then I can get the thing there and, you know, maybe they weren't expecting me to to try and drop these two things at the same time yeah. or, you know, just like, it's it's all over the place with the tool set that they give you. Sure, I think that's the big thing. They give you a an interesting set of tools that you can use to interact with the world instead of you know just like the damage gun. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Portal Two was. I mean, I played Portal One, and uh, you know it, it was it was something I've never ever experienced before. And then Portal Two, I think they really knocked it out of the park with that. I mean, they took it. They did everything right, just more of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, since you are an a uh, a video game industry person, uh can you confirm Half-Life 3, please? <laughs> I got some friends that probably could, but they won't. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Of course not. I mean, the thing is like again, this is sort of like with Mass Effect. So, you know, everybody was like, "Oh, Half-Life. Half-Life it it defines the, it is the definition of whatever it was, and so I'm like, all right, fine, let's let's play Half Life. It, it was a first person shooter, you know. Yeah. It just, I don't know. I thought it was kind of so interesting at the end when Half-Life you were in one that was, uh, you know, revolutionary in its own way. Well, one and two like did their own, you know, things, but 
what they did became industry standard, and that's why it doesn't you know feel I think quite as as crazy. Gotcha. So going so, back to it doesn't make sense unless you know yeah. that this is the first time it's being done. Okay. So I got one uh, game series that to me is that way, um, which is the uh, the Zelda series. Okay. And so the ones that were on the 64, you know, Ocarina and you know the uh, Majora's, uh, Mask. Majora's Mask and yeah. so forth. Um, so those ones, I I completely missed out on them and I tried playing them maybe eight years ago or something like that okay maybe less uh, and so I'm, I'm playing through them and it feels you know people are like this is the best game ever you know like people legitimately rank it as the best game of all time I've seen it on lists yeah 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 and you know I'm thinking like this is this is really not special I mean it's well done for its time it's amazing sure very well done but none of it to me, was original at all. It was original at the time, but everybody's copied off of it. So by the time I got around to it, it felt just like all tropes and nothing was actually creative about it. Sure. When everybody else copies it, it it's still original, but it doesn't feel original if you've already seen the other stuff. Exactly. And so yeah, like, you know, a lot of people, you know, in the games industry or gamers like can't stand the fact that I, I just was unimpressed with the Zelda series. But you know, I like I, I get it how it was really good back then, but to me it doesn't hold up because it was so good. Everybody copied it. Sure. sure. It's interesting. Some of the stuff from that generation, like the the N sixty four and some PS one stuff, it's like some of that stuff aged real <laughs> bad. Yeah, definitely. Like, as much as Silent Hill, the first the first Silent Hill did so much amazing shit, I I tried to go back and play it and the fact yeah, that it's Resident Evil as well. Absolutely, I just, like controls are horrific. Oh my god! You know, and like camera and oh, camera, yeah. And the, how but, can't zombies navigate stairs? I don't get it. You know, but <laughs> hey, that helped the player. But it was the stuff oh, yeah. that didn't help the player. Where it's okay, there is danger directly in front of you. Slowly turn around 180 degrees and then run. Yeah, it's, it's, it's stuff like that. But it's but yeah, sad. that's actually one of the things that I I liked about. Um, Resident Evil for as absolutely clunky as it was and the fucking voice acting which is yeah. so spectacularly bad was yeah. that first encounter with the zombie when it has that thing where you're in the hallway it's between you and a door I don't even think you have a gun yet and it's like you have a knife and that still is like amazing it's like that's like the definition of survival horror but that's why I'm kind of I was kind of bummed when mm-hmm. you know you know, here's your here's your MP5. Kill all of the flying bomb zombies. Yeah, I don't even think I ever really finished everything in in six, and you know, I like made it through five and immediately hung it up. Four, I played through a couple different times, right? Absolutely, four. Like, four was the one, man. That was the one where Shinji yeah. Mikami reinvented the thing. Where hey, you can you can just go backwards. The only thing that still blew my fucking mind is that. You couldn't move and shoot. So the first time I was able to yeah. move and shoot in a horror game was Dead Space. And it's like, this is so novel! I'm moving and <laughs> shooting! Simultaneously. Yeah, holy shit! Like a person! No, no it's funny. When, when you get, like, moving and shooting, you get Doom. And I think a lot of games were trying to be not Doom. Yeah, they were trying to be more scary than they were action, because... In Doom, even though you're facing like probably way more epic enemies than you see in you know like 
Resident Evil games. Yeah. I mean, th- these things are ridiculously powerful, but you're stupidly overpowered. You got, you know, the chain guns and rocket launchers and berserker power-ups and yeah. you can, like, punch you Mega become invisible, you become invincible. Yeah, the BFG, exactly. Yeah, case closed. Yeah, like BFG. A, a room sweeper, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that wasn't so much about being scared, uh, aside from, like, you know, oh, I didn't know there was a door there. That's kind of scary. Yeah, the monster closet thing. Exactly, the monster jump, closet. Jump out humor. That's why the stuff that actually... Uh, so you, you haven't played P.T., you, you've heard about it. I've uh, seen some footage of it. I, I don't have the, the system to play it, but, oh, you know, I've... Yeah tried to familiarize myself with uh, with what's going on you know that okay so that again I'm sorry to keep harping on the PS4 but like that is the thing that is one of the other things that is like okay this is next gen it has been I'm trying to think the last time I was actually like scared during some you know I was scared during Amnesia the Dark Descent uh, yeah that Um, game was creepy it was it was very creepy The, the problem was because it was only on PC I had to stop mm-hmm. playing it because, like, I'm awful with computer games. I am, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a caveman with computer games. I could not run down a hall, open a door, go through the door, turn around, and close the door. <laughs> and so, like, I really loved what I was playing, but because of my my stupid fingers, like, I could yeah, not continue mechanically. Oh. But yeah, yeah so, but, so when- PT when I was playing that. It was it was so simple. Like the the level of interactivity is so simple, and it was so just the atmosphere created. It was absolutely mm-hmm. horrifying. So like I, I'm uh, fingers crossed. Uh, minimalist. That's, yes. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And also like the photorealism. Like uh-huh. fuck me. Oh, yeah. It looks so far. Oh god. But yeah. So that's my hope that you know we're hopefully getting back into survival horror i mean i know that there that the oh, new yeah. shinji mikami thing is coming out in uh, october the evil within have you seen any of that uh no i haven't it it looks a little too saw you know okay yeah but uh fingers crossed you know yeah <laughs> we'll see you know it doesn't always take uh good graphics for horror though i think the biggest thing with horror is Sound is the most important aspect by far. Absolutely. Far more important than graphics in, in the horror genre, anyway. You know, other genres could care less about sound, but in that one, it takes center stage. You need to have people quickly turning around. What was that little, you know, thing there? Exactly. And that was one thing that, uh, despite its gameplay, uh, Doom 3 did extremely well with sound. They did, was, yeah. I, oh that's actually God. one of the the four, or God, yeah, like one of the four games I played on PC was Doom Three. Like I had never at the time, I had never seen anything look that good, and the sound in yeah. it was absolutely amazing. I remember like being amazed that like uh, like at the time uh, it was novel anyway. But like if you're fighting a, a rocket and it goes through smoke as opposed through clean air, makes yeah. a different sound. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That kind of level of detail, you know, is what made it for me. And, Absolutely. You know, you fire a shotgun, and all the little pellets will each reverberate with their own ping when they hit stuff, and yeah. you know, like that was you know cutting edge at the time. Nowadays, it's become kind of standard. We've uh, come really far, but and a lot of the technology that they were working on was essentially obsolete at this point. 
but uh, it's still fantastic you know, though. And you know, I I yeah. will often game with headphones, and uh, you can always tell. You know, you can always tell when somebody oh. puts that effort in, or when they don't. It can really ruin a game. Like when you fire a shotgun and you don't feel like you fired a shotgun, it's like mm-hmm. it really just it feels completely pointless. Yeah, and not to toot our own horn or anything, but GTA Five had some amazing sound in there too. Absolutely, like the subtle uh, sound design. I think that department just knocked it out of the park. You know, just it's it's the little things. It's you know if if you just stopped your car. You can hear the engine cooling, like ticking a little the bit. The ticking, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that kind of thing. It it pulls you in. It makes it feel like it's a world. Yeah, instead absolutely. of a video game. And yeah, a lot of a lot of things done well in that game. Sure. For sure. Well, there was actually you I know, remember when. Obviously, it, I'm a fan. Well, abs- I am too. I mean, I'm I'm a fan of the GTA series. We actually, um, my f- sophomore, my junior year of of uh, of college. One day, my roommate, one of my roommates, comes home and he's like, "Oh, I bought this game, GTA 3. and I'm like, "What does GTA stand for? It's Grand Theft Auto." Oh, okay. I've never heard of it. Yeah, let's play it. Yeah. Skip forward like two weeks of <laughs> classes missed, and uh, <laughs> when we would go outside and see a car pull up at a stoplight, we would all kind of look at each other and be like, "We could probably take that car." Yeah, right. We could probably and it, like it affected us that much. So like ever since that came out, you know, I was in college when um Vice City came out too and San Andreas and uh Vice City we played the fuck out of that game. That one I still think as far as atmosphere that one is the best for as good as 4 and 5 look. Um I really do think they're the best. Uh even though I live in New York City. I don't know. I'm trying to think about it, but yeah, I mean, I I spent time with four. I spent a lot of time with four. I spent a lot of time with five. Um, yeah, I think uh, five. I mean, it's you know obviously important to me because I, I put some time in on that one, sure. but also much more uh, poignant for me because I'm living in Southern California. And oh, that's right. So you can go to these yeah, locations. <laughs> so it's it's like just after I had uh, you know I moved down here and started working on that. Yeah. And I'm in a new town. You know, I don't know anybody, and I'm seeing a lot of the things that they're satirizing in the game. You know, the uh, the vanity and yeah. you know like me first attitude. Sure. Uh, was you know it permeates the area down here, and so like is just like so incredibly you know like powerful for me as as a satire. Yeah. It's, like so on the nose, and like that was well, like probably the best part of it for me was just like how much it felt real. But it also you know again like you were saying every time I'd go home from work after you know having. <laughs> been at the game for you know 80 hours in the past week or whatever <laughs> yeah you know and i just want to like oh my car can fit through that gap i just gotta yeah. like brush him a little bit exactly <laughs> and it's like i could totally make that jump and just skip all yeah. this traffic yeah or uh, i was working on uh <laughs> a, like applying damage packs uh like the blood packs to uh like for heavy damage when guys get hit by cars or sure they take heavy falls things like that so i spent days just uh finding crowded sidewalks and running over crowds of people. <laughs> and 
you know, like when that's like all you do all day long. <laughs> yeah, driving home feels a little mundane when you're not yeah, allowed it feels to. Feels a little weird. I'm like, yeah, put sticky you know, bombs I, on people. I feel myself like almost like, hey, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now is driving over people. Yeah. <laughs> it also, it, it also must feel kind of weird to be do, like, you know. At the end of the day, like, you know, you get that paycheck and it's like, I earned this money by, I believe you said last week you were throwing Molotov cocktails at prostitutes. Yeah. Well, yeah. that was for fun. That wasn't actually like, uh, <laughs> that was for fun. I didn't need to do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I chose to do that. Yeah. I chose to do that because, you know, you like set a few on fire and then the others freak out and they run around and you mow them down. And yeah. And you're like, guys, was- calm down. It's, I'm just setting her on fire. Fine. I'll set you on fire too. <laughs> You made me do this. Yeah, <laughs> no, you can spawn in. Uh, I don't know what the the proper term for a group of pros- a gaggle of prostitutes. Or, um. Oh, we have to figure. No, no, hold on. We have to figure this out. Okay. <laughs> um. I want to say like a a swallow of prostitutes. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I'll say a swallow of prostitutes. Yeah, I guess in my case it'd be a murder of prostitutes <laughs> or a crash of prostitutes prostitutes i mean in your case yeah i'm working on yeah so okay so for the layman for somebody who's just played grand theft auto is there something that you can say when this happens that's me uh yes i can definitely um so i had hooked up uh this is actually info that you you won't find anywhere on the web it's uh awesome so yeah i I exclusive uh, exclusive Okay, so I had hooked up the uh, the sweat that appears on characters. Some characters in certain clothing can get sweaty. Wow. And so uh, the the sweat was already kind of, you know, painted by artists. They have, like, kind of a, a gradient for, you know, like, this is the really sweaty point. This is the, you know, where it, it starts sweating. Uh, but it was my job to hook up the environmental and gameplay effects to how much sweat that translates to. So what I did was I calculated uh, using Australian apparent temperature, <laughs> which is like freaking overkill here. <laughs> but it takes into account, I was assuming 70% humidity, and then different points in the game, uh, depending on where you are, there's uh, different temperatures and wind effects. It uh, calculates weather. Yeah. And so like if you're higher up on the mountain, then it's going to be a little bit colder, a little windier. And so it takes that into account and does, like, wind chill and also, uh, like, heating up from too much humidity and not enough wind. Uh, so, like, those kind of adjustments um, along with, you know, the temperature that it uh, gets and also your player's exertion. If they're running a whole lot, then, you know, it'll, like, add to that. And so it's the combination of Australian apparent temperature and your character's recent ex- exertion. And uh, that determines how much sweat they have that is fantastic i remember when when gta 5 first came out um a bunch of videos popped up that were basically hey focus for a second on these details mm-hmm. and um I, I don't know if you'd seen it or not but one of them was um oh, what was it it was stuff like uh when you were bicycling your your pants would flap in the wind. Yeah. The cars ticking when you got out. When you got out of the water, how like the ground would kind of shimmer with water as you would dry off. Yep. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or you know, if you only go into the water halfway, it'll like you know do just half just, of you gets wet. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. So yeah, there's another one. Is the uh, 
it actually used the same water layer uh, as the the regular getting wet does. Okay. The sweat does. So if the two overlap, then it blends properly as well. It's, it's really well done. That is fantastic. Um, yeah, like this is the kind of shit, like when I was younger and I would, one of the first things I would do in a game with a gun, for instance, is I would fire it at the wall and I would see if I heard, you know, if I heard the shell casing hit the ground, if it was mm-hmm. like a, a single slug bullet, if I could look at the wall and say, that's exactly where I shot it. If I continued shooting with the wall, take more damage, stuff like that. Like, that's the kind of stuff that I want more of that in the next generation. Mm-hmm. That is one of my favorite things in GTA V, just stopping, not even like the side missions, just like, just being in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all fleshed out, different types of characters. Yeah. Uh, all have different personalities. One thing I love doing is uh, flipping people off in different places while you're driving. Yeah, the insult. Oh, man, the insult thing is so much fun. And some people, some people like, run away. Some people try and pick a fight. Or, yeah, you know. some of them will pull a gun and try to kill yeah. you. That was something <laughs> that was really kind of weird. If you would follow somebody long enough, they would kill you. Yeah, they get annoyed. That's so terrifying. <laughs> but yeah, little things like that. And it's it's like, I don't know. There was, there was yeah. something else that the was... The trick to making something really good that's immersive is not so much the things that you notice, but the things that you don't notice. The fact that you don't notice them means they're done right. Absolutely. It means, it's it's it the same thing in theater. Exactly you don't notice there's something wrong. matching with your expectation. You know, it's... Yeah. You should get tired. You should get tired faster if you're running uphill in the desert than if you're yeah. running downhill on a mountain. Sure. Exactly. You know, or I've got, you know, like if a stiff breeze comes by and you see like a little bit of the sweat go away, right? Yeah. And then like it'll slowly come back a little bit. That kind of subtle thing, you don't notice it because it looks, you know, the way that you think it should look. Yeah. The only downside and, to something with that is like how do you how do you, you know, politely draw attention to how cool that is right. without saying <laughs> exactly. without to, without and, tooting your horn. I mean it's worth horn tooting, but yeah. you know, that's it, always kind of a kind of a it's kind of a thin line to say, yeah. "Hey, hey, come over here and see how ridiculously detailed this is." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, you want people to just kind of figure it out. That's the the best way for people to discover it. Absolutely. You yeah. Know, if Rockstar ideally. puts out a video showing off how cool it is, that's kind of like people won't even watch it because it's just tooting its own horn. But it's when like those detail videos I was talking about, when somebody finds those and compiles them, you know, then they plug it mm-hmm. back in and they say, "Hey, I want to see this happen." But actually, so going directly off of that. Um, I think it was just announced a couple days ago the release date for the PS4 and Xbox One version of GTA V is, uh, I think, was it November 18th or 13th? Yeah, 18th, I believe. 18th, yeah. So so now, how did this work? So you guys shipped about a year ago, right? Yeah, I believe it was like September or something. Yeah. Somewhere around then last year. Yeah, okay. I don't remember the exact date. So now, how did it work for you guys? As soon as your job was done and they were like, okay, we're shipping. Get the fuck back in there. We're making GTA V for PS4. Or was it like, you guys have two weeks, be back in here. So how did that actually come about? So it's different for for each studio and each department. Mm -hmm. Um, There was... Uh, so Rockstar North in Edinburgh yeah. is the main hub of development for the GTA series. Okay, which is 
odd because you know it's a SoCal game. You know? Absolutely. But I always found that you know, kind of interesting. Are, how there'd but... be random Scottish people in San Andreas or Liberty City, yeah, yeah, <laughs> or Vice City, yeah, yeah. But you know, is is mostly made by by people up there. And so, for the people up at North, it was mostly you know they're continuing to support the the current versions while you know updating and you know the the tech and updating the art and. Yeah. You know, building a few extra missions and stuff, but it's mostly just like a tech hurdle, uh, and a lot of artwork needs to be souped up. We had some of the artwork we made, you know, like nicer than it needs to be in game. We okay. scaled it down for the previous release. Oh, cool! So you can and just so now we already had the nice version and hook it up all the way. Excellent. You know, that that happens in most games development where you make things. Way too nice. It runs slow, so you just you know dial it back a little bit. That was that was sort of the controversy with Watch Dogs. I remember people found quote unquote hidden files that looked better. It always I'm, that's always something that I always feel bad about. This like gamers are such a we're such a whiny bunch of people, and there's <laughs> and and I mean it's yeah. it's interesting for you. I'm assuming like walking on both sides of this line where. You know, if I don't like something in a game, it's like, why couldn't you make this more realistic? And as a programmer, yeah. you can be like, because it would take an extra half a million dollars and eight months to do that, asshole. Yeah, exactly. Like, I know that there's reasons for decisions. I don't make crappy decisions on purpose. It's yeah, like people sure. know what they're doing. You know, so if they made a decision, it's usually uh, monetary or it's time-based, you know, or somebody flipped the script on them, like, halfway through development. and Yeah. Made him go in a different direction. That happens way too often. I can imagine. Well, because uh, there's so many moving parts, and I can imagine it's both easier yeah. and tougher with some with a company like Rockstar because they have the time and the money. Like people will yeah. wait for a Rockstar game, but it's also they're held to you're held to a much much higher standard, and there's so many more people making decisions. Yeah. Well, a lot of the time, pressure comes from uh, like publishing will you know be like bankrolling a developer's project, right? And then the publisher wants it to be a certain way and hit a certain demographic and have certain features, but they change that mid-production. Yeah. And then the developer's there, and they just made, like, two different games because you flipped it on them. But we don't really have that kind of pressure. We release stuff when it's done, you know? Yeah. Not like, you know, when the publisher tells us to. It's We, we released it when it's complete. Absolutely, yeah. That's a, that's a great luxury, and it really does show. Yeah, most companies don't have that luxury at all, and that's why you, you get you know products, well, they are what they are. Yeah. So now that that's been announced, what can you, if you can, I don't want to break any NDAs, uh, what can you yeah. say about the, the next-gen versions of GTA V? What is, what is new? So new version, you know, obviously everything's you know, reskinned and looking a lot nicer. The trailer and, looks amazing. You know, they just came yeah, out. There's, yeah, there's a lot of yeah, bump up in, in technology like that. From a content standpoint, um, from what I know, there's a few extra you know missions in there, and you have some extra radio and things like that. But yeah, I, I think it's mostly just kind of very similar to the original release. A little bit of extra content like that, and uh, you know reskinning, so it'll look a lot prettier mm -hmm. for sure. Um, like there's a, uh, you know, I've been working on the 
different project that's unannounced since uh, Five came out. Ooh, an unannounced um, Rockstar project. Yeah, I mean, well, they were always brewing something, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. But you know, generally the the stuff that I work on though is core technology. So whatever I do is just part of our main engine, and it goes into whatever we make. Okay. So the fact that I'm working within the shell of any given project is kind of irrelevant. It all just gets shared around and is part of everything. So some of the stuff that I'm working on with my new project is actually making it into the release of 5. Oh, wow. Or, you know, vice versa. Some things that, all, all the stuff that was in 5 is, you know, all ported over to the, the new project. Sure. Uh, affectionately referred to as Bob right now. Code That's name. Oh, I love code names. I love code names yeah. for shit. Yeah. But it's, it's great because, you know, it's monosyllabic and I can, you know, not actually say anything that I'm not supposed to say. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to push anything. But the, yeah, the one thing I will say... Bob is pretty great. Excellent. And, yeah, it'll be making some waves. So you're basically confirming... It's Half-Life 3. Half-Life yeah. 3. Okay, good. Okay, so you're confirming Half-Life 3. Okay, everybody, everybody's confirming <laughs> Half-Life Yeah, 3. Rockstar is uh, taking over Half-Life. <laughs> wow, that would be that would be interesting to see. Yes, that would be very odd to have a much different version of the Half Life world. Yeah, that's that's pretty fun. I mean, um, we did take over one game once, Red Dead Revolver. Ah, uh, yes, I played. I didn't that play one? Revolver. I played Red Dead Redemption, and uh, yeah, that one that one was made by our studio but the original yeah. one was uh, i think actually started it was developed by somebody else first but before yes. it was done yes we took over it and finished it yeah um, yeah that was actually i mean you know of course when all the uh, when the ads for red dead redemption came out everybody was basically calling it gta horse yeah it's um, grand theft horse exactly yeah <laughs> and as much as i mean i i did enjoy it but it, there were times it felt a little too sparse but uh yeah it was really fantastic and i honestly you know not to i'm not going to spoil the ending i'll just say that like that ending was one that really has still to this day stuck with me with gta 5 if you could change something about gta 5 like if you had complete and utter control over it what would it be? Something you would add or take away or improve or whatever? Well, the heists, I think, were the best part of the game. Yeah. And so, you know, seeing more heists or having better control over the different paths that the heists can take. Yeah. Because the whole idea, you know, in the game is it's so open world, you can do anything, but then once you get into the heists, you only have a couple options. Sure, and it it feels somewhat limited. Like it's, I think, the illusion of choice, kind of. Absolutely. And you know, a lot of the, the choices you make there are meaningless, or there is just a best choice that you can make, sure. and that's all there is to it. So, like, I'd like to see it. Uh, I guess more fleshed out. You have a bunch of different options, and mix and match different parts of the heist you know, in, in better ways. Sure. Well, I mean, hopefully, I mean, I don't, I don't actually know. I know that they, uh, there was some DLC for, uh, GTA online, but, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know. Hopefully there's, are you, are you able to talk about, is there, is there more stuff coming to GTA five or are they sort of like, once we've put out the next gen version, we're moving on to Bob. Well, we're continuing to, uh, 
like support and develop that stuff, right? We very interested in building up a community. There's the whole uh, Rockstar Social Club thing that we're really trying to push. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, they're really trying to uh, create like a, a constant support structure for the game as okay. long as it's being played. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I think one of the biggest things, one of the reasons why PC has to take so much longer, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Uh, January twenty seventh or something, right? Yeah, it's it's because you well a had security concerns, but b it needs to be healthy for the modding community because there is inevitably going to be a huge modding community. Oh, Christ, you know, whether absolutely. or not we want there to be, there yeah. will be. And that's very so, forward thinking of Rockstar. I mean, a lot of companies yeah. are like, la, 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 no, no one's modding here. It's great that you guys are like, hey, ever this since will uh, Max Payne 1, like, sure. opened up the, the engine, right? And uh, things like that, where you really want to, if you're going to embrace community, you need to give people the ability to express themselves within the game. Absolutely. Like yeah. That's that's community building. And, you know, like, have, make people feel like it's their community, not like one that they're visiting, but one that they're part of. Absolutely. And part of that is contributing. So basically have to give them a safe way of contributing without griefing everyone else. You hear that? A yeah. logical, straightforward explanation as to why you have to wait two months. Yeah, <laughs> Also, we're trying to develop for more than two graphics cards, right? If if it's coming down console, there's the the PS4's chip and the Xbox One's chip. Mm-hmm. On PC, you have just a whole slew of different cards, and all of them need to support it without you know crashing or being glitchy or all that. And you know that's that's where us graphics guys come in. You gotta sort all that crap out. Okay, so stop complaining on the forums. <laughs> Okay, this is they're trying to help you. Yeah, we're working really hard. Yeah. Serious. Um so I think that uh that is pretty much it. We have we have reached the end of All right. Digressive Obscenity, but for one one issue. Define me. You have a list of words I sent you, yes? I need you to pick a word and then define it. You had Geomaximate yes. was one of them. Yes. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to one-up that and give you a family of words. Go ahead. Uh, okay, so start with uh, Geomaximal. Is okay. A place that is the best with regard to something. A location that's the best at something. For example, if uh, I, I could call New York City Geomaximal for pizza. Very true. Right, and so if you go to a place that's Geomaximal, you Geomaximate. Okay. Okay. So it's uh, it's populating a place that is the best at what it to, does. It's it's to lo- relocate yourself to a place that's the best at something. Okay. And to make a place the best at something is to geo maximize. That totally that totally follows. So yeah. technically, Wolverine, since he is the best there is at what he does, he makes it geo maximal every time he geo maximates. Yes, he, he is in a continuous state of geomaximating. Geomaximization, if you will. Geomaximization, there we go. Okay, <laughs> excellent. I, I, I love the etymology. This is, this is definitely becoming a thing. <laughs> All right, well, John, thank you so much. This has, been, uh, this has been absolutely fascinating. Yeah, my pleasure. Degrees of obscenity.
shit, what was I talking about? I remember just a moment ago, I was talking about something, and then I forgot what I was talking about, because I was distracted by the guy who did the thing. Degressive obscenity, shit, what was I talking about? Thank you for listening to Digressive Obscenity. Follow us on Twitter at digress underscore obscene and rate and review us on iTunes. <laughs>